in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Welcome to a rainy episode of the Two White Chicks in China. Indeed, <laughs> today we are have been hit with some drizzly, drizzly, depressing weather. Is it summer? Is it? <laughs> What's、well, been nice though is the temperature has dropped. Yes, it's, it's been stuck、pleasant. at like ninety degrees for、yes. like the last month. Yeah, and it's even been chilly in the office with the AC on this morning. Yeah, yeah, it feels、I've、like got winter. Got me hot tea, <laughs> sh- shivering in front of the computer. <laughs> no, I'm joking, obviously. Oh man, <laughs> doesn't feel like July, does it? No, but you can't please you can't please us. It's too hot. It's too cold. There's no happy medium. I mean, not for me anyway. <laughs> And then I'll go home in the summertime and be like, "What's this British summertime? <laughs> It's already gone." <laughs> anyway, stop mourning about the weather. That's so English. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I know. <laughs> right. So,、uh, let me jump in、uh, and read a review from、mm. this is from Hannah. One, two, three. Our、Australia. audience is the best.、We、I know. Review, aren't they? Like aren't every they? week, that's、yeah. so great. We, we are pretty much every time I go and check, we have a new one. Love it. It's really nice. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah.、Uh, she says, "Funny, enjoyable, and educational po-、uh, podcast." And she says, "Even if you don't plan on going to China in the near future, this podcast will teach you so much about Chinese culture."、Uh, the girls are so lovely. I feel like I have become friends with them just through listening regularly. Oh. That's really、cool. nice, indeed. Yeah, they really know us, don't they? I, I mean, think we、so. babble on every week about this and that, so they really do know us. We do talk about a lot, like our our life. I mean, at first, I think maybe we were, we were a bit cautious. Like, I remember, I, I I wasn't sure if I should mention like Barrett's name and like you know friends' names in case people were like, "Oh, you mentioned me on the podcast, and now everyone will know me." <laughs> Uh, the jig is up.、Now. We're real people. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That. Thank you so much. That's a really nice review. It is.、Uh, so I've got some comments. Oh, nice.、Uh, since we're getting more and more comments now, I'm not. I can't read everyone's. I just chose some. So this is.、Um, this is a response to our episode sixty,、uh, which was about stay-at-home dads.、Uh, oh, it、yeah. was a question from Bree. And so this re- reply is kind of too brief, but I th- I thought it was really interesting, so I made a note of it. So this comes from Amber, and she says,、um, "We are also an Apple family from Chicago, and my husband is the stay-at-home dad of our one and a half-year-old daughter here in Shenzhen." Oh, nice!、Yeah. Uh, he has found dad friends via <laughs> Jimbery and My Gym. I don't know what My Gym is, but it's probably something very similar、mm-hmm. to Jimbery, and other kid-based activities, and hangs out with them when the IE comes in the afternoons. They swim and check out the local beers. I found that phrase really funny. That's great.、Um, <laughs> she says, just as a little comment,、um, FaceTime works most of the time. Uh, we chat via WhatsApp, but converted most of them over to WeChat video calls. So that's in response to how we came in contact with our families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's nice to know. And you did try FaceTime with your mom, right? I did, and I had. I've been using it now. I've switched over to using it just because she、oh. she's got our new little iPad Mini, so she loves using that.、Okay. And so.、Um, 
she so we've been using that and it's been working really well compared right. to Skype. Skype is pretty awful. Okay, it is. It is okay. So next time I call my parents, which will probably be soon, I will use FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Great. Try it. Brilliant. Uh, so we've got another comment um, from. So uh, this was in response to our uh, episode sixty-two that was last week, where we talked about some of the Chinese culture relating to death and stuff like that. Oh yeah. So um, this is from Tsai Hao who says, "Hi Holly and Nora, amazing podcast. I just recommend. Uh, I just want to recommend a movie for you to see. Uh, its name is Mountains May Depart." Uh, I haven't heard of this. Had you heard of it? I haven't heard of it, but I've heard of the director, the director Jia Jiangke. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we've talked talked about him in the past. So um, he says, in this movie, there is a scene of a traditional memorial which is based on the the reality, but without decorations. Uh, moreover, the storyline is solid, and some parts are made in Australia. Uh, it's a really, it's a really great movie. Hope you like it. So. I'm going to try and check this out. I actually really... I've kind of set myself a bit of a goal and I haven't started it yet, but I really want to watch some Chinese movies. You should definitely try watching some of his. his yeah. um, I've seen I've seen a decent amount of Chinese... I haven't seen that much stuff lately, um, but of what I've seen, he is... He's, he's just a cut above the rest. A lot of it is... Mm. A lot of Chinese movies are, at least like the cinematography and the directing is just kind of imitating Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. So it doesn't really have a lot of originality to it. But he's so far the only director that I've personally discovered that I find really has a strong sense of his own style and it's a very Chinese style and he does it really, really well. That's really nice. And he, he's not, um, I, don't, I think some of his stuff may not be allowed here in yeah, the mainland. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Because he's pretty realistic. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm sure that some of his stuff is allowed, but mm. I think some of it is not. Because he is very brutal about the realities in China, which makes it really interesting and realistic to watch his stuff. And he mm. choos- usually chooses really good music, and the filming is done really well, and the acting is done really well. So highly, right. highly recommend it. His, his Chinese, I don't know if he has an English name, but his name is Jia Jiangke, mm-hmm. which is, um, I don't know if I should spell it out, but it's J-I-A, that's his surname, Jia, and then Jiangke is Z-H-A-N-G-K-E. Mm-hmm. But if you look up, is it called The Mountains Depart? Mountains may depart. Mountains may depart. Yeah, I can't remember the English names of the ones that I've seen so far. I haven't seen that one. But I think you mentioned some of them in we, but I don't remember the number of the podcast when we actually did talk about movies. And I'm fairly certain you mentioned him. Oh, it's possible. So because he's really been one that has impressed me on a large level. Cool. Yeah. Well, if so, if you're interested, um, you can go to writtenchinese.com and search for. I guess if you put in TWCC movies, that hopefully might bring something up because I cannot remember the name, the number, or just movies. And I'll, yeah, movies. I'll and probably I'll come up with some things. probably. And I'll also link back to the post in uh, episode sixty three's uh, notes from the podcast. If we can find the trailer, then mm. we can put it. Yeah, in the I'll, podcast I'll put it notes. in. The, yeah, I'll put it in the notes. Just so that people can yeah. grab, you know, so it'll mm. be. Um, 
writtenchinese.com slash episode 63. Is that what we're mm-hmm. on today? That's right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend it if you're interested in Chinese film. Cool. Cool. Nice. So here's our news article of the week. <laughs> uh, so uh, the headline is Driver pays one million renminbi for lucky. 88888 license plate gets pulled over eight times in one day. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, here's the story, and this will probably make a lot more sense. Uh, so, um, Mr. Mr. Liu goes out and buys himself a new ride, but his new vehicle, uh, it only costs him 30,000 renminbi. So... Whoa, that's not that's too, cheap. It's not too much. I mean, even at home, like you couldn't buy a, f- a new car for that much. No, it would definitely be secondhand. Um, and it looks like some sort of truck. It's not a car, actually. <laughs> okay. So, but after buying his new his new vehicle, he decides he's going to spend a million renminbi on uh, the five eight lucky license oh, plate. Oh, so classically, yeah. Like- Oriental, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess we should. I don't. Maybe those of you out there know about the lucky number eight. Um, yeah, I mean, you can. You you always pay more for things with eight in. Yeah. Like uh, mobile phone numbers, they they're always more expensive, and yeah, to have a car license plate with the five eights on is like awesome. The most <laughs> awesomest of things ever. Uh, actually, I'll put the link to this article, and you can see they've put underneath pictures of cars with, but like nice cars, <laughs> with the with the license plate on instead of his not so nice one. So, uh, so he goes out in his car first day, and he gets stopped eight times. Uh, so basically, they just don't believe he's real. They don't believe uh. that the license plate is genuine. So, well, that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, of course. Why would you be riding around in this thirty thousand kwai truck mm-hmm. with with? I mean, everyone's gonna know you paid a poop load for that license plate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very yeah. When I mentioned like, oh, it's so oriental. Like this mentality is very eastern, in in the sense that for some like for for some things. Generally, like, Chinese people are so, so frugal. Mm. I mean, they're really fiscally responsible, and they pay very close attention to how much they spend. Are they spending too much on this and that? They do a lot of comparison before they buy things generally. But then when it comes to showing face, (laughs) they just make it rain. They will spend obscene amounts of money... To demonstrate their their face. face yeah. So yeah. you have people who will refuse to buy their kid an ice cream at a certain ice cream stand because it costs, you know, like 0.5 <laughs> yuan more than it should cost because yeah. of the location. Or, like, oh, no, it's too expensive. They're ripping you off. So it's a difference of... It's a minuscule difference, a couple cents. But then... They'll go to dinner that evening, and they will just dump cash on the table right. to impress their guests. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. Or you'll have um, 
I had a neighbor in the first apartment that I lived in China, in Shenzhen, actually. Um, he had, so he, so we were living in the same style apartment, same size and everything like that. And it was nice. It was a service apartment, but it definitely wasn't like luxury. Sure. But he, so he is living in this, and it's, they were small apartments. So he's living in this small flat and I, I would go over, he was next, he was next door to us. And I would go over pretty often just because we helped each other out. It was a nice situation. But um, his place was, you know, let's say, wasn't super nice inside. Okay. But he always had the nicest watch, and he was driving a Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you have this, you know, behind the scenes, he's really frugal and doesn't really care that much. But out and about, he had, like... Always had the latest yeah. iPhone, always had the nicest watch, nicest shoes, L Lamborghini. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then he's living in this stinky little, like, crappy apartment. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've come across situations like that, too. I think when I was thinking about what I was going to say here, I was going to say, like, I've had to think twice about what I was going to say, because to us, these things that Chinese people want to spend the money on, like to show a face. Forgive me for saying this, but it just seems really stupid. Some of the things seem to us seem like, why? Why would you want to do that? Like, for example, uh, spending a lot of money on that bird's spit soup. Oh, the bird's nest. Bird's nest, whatever. That's the most. I mean, it's really. It's up there with durian, in my opinion. Yeah, it's uh, a dish. But, what is it? It's a, exactly. It's a dish that's made from the spit of a bird. I don't really know. I, to be honest, I don't really want to know. But it's extremely expensive, and it's just it's bought just to show face. And to me, it's the mo It's just the crazy thing to spend money on because mm -hmm. there's no pleasure. I mean, do do people have you tried it? The bird's nest. Yeah. No. No. Have not, but I've definitely tried a lot of times. Um, have you done the frog ovary stuffed papaya? <laughs> no, I can't say. No, no. Maybe you've eaten it. You didn't know what it well, was. Well, maybe, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a. That's another like one of those. I guess delicacy. Mm. So it's it's half. They do. They cut a papaya in half, and then they <laughs> scoop out the seeds in the middle, and they fill it with frog ovaries mm, yummy which looks like a clear just like looks like a clear jelly actually oh i've seen yeah no actually, i know what not... you've seen i know what you're saying but no i have not i haven't tried that it was weak it's jiggly isn't it so yeah i would try and get away from yeah that. it's like it's gelatinous substance i didn't know what it was when i was eating it and it wasn't that bad but it wasn't good i mean it wasn't right. like ooh. You know, how delicate <laughs> the flavors dance across my tongue. You know, it was just like, kind of just tasted like any kind of gelatin, but uh, it's an mm. expensive dish. Yeah. More expensive. Sea cucumbers. Sea cucumbers, yeah. Oh, but man. I think with some of those, it's kind of overlap. Like, a lot of the stuff, they buy it because they believe it's really, really healthy for you. Right. Which is unfortunately a laugh because I had a friend who was doing um, a fishing, doing fishing trade, selling different kinds of fish in mm -hmm. China. And he said those sea cucumbers, because 
they're so expensive and in such high demand, you know, obviously a lot of them are artificially manufactured. Mm-hmm. And they had like 90 times the carcinogens that are allowed for oh. products in the EU. Oh. It's, they're so bad for you. And they feed them to pregnant women. That's the worst part is they say, oh, you should eat them while you're pregnant because they're really good for you. Oh, my God. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very... I just got an image of, like, ancient Egypt and some woman, like, pregnant woman, like, lying on a couch and someone with a big leaf fanning her and someone just dropping these cute things <laughs> into her mouth. Oh, oh man. Those things, I... Anyway. They look so nasty, too. They look like a, a slug with spikes. Slug, yeah. Because exactly. that's what they are, really, is yeah. some kind of a sluggy-like slug. thing. So I'm sure that if they're wild caught in nature in the purest of waters, then they probably do have medicinal properties and probably... I mean, just like most creatures out there, yeah. they do have nutritional value to them. But in today's world... Uh, you never really know what you're buying, do you? Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of regulation going on, so no. it's kind of silly to spend. I mean, because they they'll they'll sell them for you know like a small box of those sea cucumbers for a couple hundred dollars easily. Yeah, did you see that the really huge one that was in Ola? It was like ten thousand kwai. Oh no! It was massive. It was like it's a monster, bigger than your head. <laughs> So square watermelon in Ole for I think it was I think it was twelve thousand or something like crazy uh, like that. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's very different from our mentality, which is we're both from like Western European descent, and I find that for us it's almost the opposite. Like we tend to be more modest when we're, I mean. For example, my parents don't really spend anything that they, like, their cars are just, like, functional, mm-hmm. and their clothes are just, like, comfortable. Right. Um, but then they make the house really nice. Yeah. So it's, like, almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. So out and about, they just kind of look like normal people, sure. not, like, super sure. flashy. But in the house, then they, they tend to put, put more money. Not that they do like super luxurious something like that but they would rather spend more money private like almost privately than to show so it's almost the opposite mentality the priorities are different aren't they like home is his home isn't it it's where you want everyone to be comfortable and your family is there with you and you don't want to be sat on some wooden bench like I think it's that Protestant mentality, too, where it's just, Mm -hmm. you know, really, if you're, if you care too much about what you wear or the, your material possessions, then people kind of look down on you a little Mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. So it's the East versus West mentality. And it's interesting to compare because like, okay, my husband's from Eastern Europe, so he still has some of this Orient, like his you can still see this these kind of things in Bulgaria where he's from mm. where it's like you can see people who spend crazy amounts of money on flashy phones and watches but and then cars, right? yeah but then they don't end up have enough money to put gas in their car you know? <laughs> <laughs> or like eat properly mm. so it gives you it's a similar it's similar it's yeah. not just a chinese phenomenon yeah that's interesting yeah 
That's so funny, though. So, is there any conclusion, or is he going to get rid of this license plate, or what? doesn't what's... seem so. It just says, um, they just didn't believe him, and one, it says, one, one cop swore that he would eat the, eat the car plate if it was real. <laughs> um, but basically, um, they were just, they were just so, dis- like, disbelieving. They obviously checked his license and registration, and they found that it was authentic, but... No one like passed on. No one passed on the information. I guess like, oh my god, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what just happened. Like I feel like that's what isn't that what normal police officers do? Like they would you get on the radio and like tell everyone? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah and then bas- so basically after this first situation, it happened another seven times. Wow. Uh, don't know what happened after. Doesn't say. <laughs> just you know. Guess he'll get himself a nicer car. Well, he probably can't afford to now. Yeah. He probably spent He's all the money on the license pickle, plate. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, you should just buy like a flashy bike or something and <laughs> stick the Bicycle. license plate on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or just wear it around his neck. Yeah, that would be probably <laughs> the better option. Turn it into a big like necklace or something. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah. So. Uh, let's move on to our question. So, uh, our question this week comes from, from Rainy, and uh, who is studying, living, studying in the UK. I can't remember. Is it, maybe does he say in the message? I forgot now. Um, I know he's, uh, actually, I don't know, <laughs> I don't remember either. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's in the UK. He's in the UK. For some period of time. Yes. And actually, he sent us a series of voice messages, but we're just going to play the last one for you today because um, it's the one that contains the question. Mm -hmm. So it kind of sounds like he's starting in the middle, and he is, um, because he had recorded a couple previous to that. So uh, let's just hear what kind of question he's got for us. Sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, ladies. I just realized that I haven't finished my question. So my question is, as I expect, I've been living in London for almost two years, but I haven't I had hardly made any local friends. Uh, I feel it's quite hard to break, break through the Chinese circles. Uh, any, I, I think you might share similar experiences. So any advices from your side to uh, go out your comfort zone and uh, make real local friends? Thank you very much, and I really appreciate your answer. Um, and uh, well, I, I really like to uh, once more come make a one compliment that uh, this your podcast is the only one that I've been listening from the very beginning to the latest ones. So very quite uh, quite nice podcast. So keep going and um, uh, keep uh, looking forward your answers. Thank you very much. All right. Well, first of all, thank you. That's really nice that he's been listening to our yeah. episodes, and um, it's I again, it's really fun for us to hear because it sounds like he's from China. He doesn't say that explicitly, but it sounds like he's from China, mm-hmm. and um, he's now living in the UK. So it's really fun to hear that there are people from China who are listening to to our opinions about their country. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. we're not too offensive. Uh, yeah, that did that did <laughs> pop into my head too. Thing is there are a lot of great things about China that we just don't talk about cuz it's 
you know, you always, it's always more fun to complain about the things that you don't like (laughs) than to praise it. But obviously, since we've been here for so long, we enjoy living here. There are a lot of aspects that we like about living here, so... Uh, I'm just going to blame all you guys out there listening. You're the ones with the negative questions. (laughs) I'm only joking. We like you, really. But this is great. I like this question. And, um, Rainy, if you're listening, please don't feel frustrated with yourself for not being able to break through that cultural barrier because it is hard. Being on the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. It is hard. I totally understand. And I'm sure that in the UK there are a lot of Chinese people so it's difficult to get away, get out of your comfort zone because there's plenty of people that you can socialize yeah. with who are who speak the same language as you and who, you know, is just very familiar. So, yeah, it's not easy. It's the same thing here. It's the same thing here. You see a lot of expats who never really branch out um of the expat community yeah i wonder if that's got um more to do with language barrier than cultural differences like that's definitely a big part of it yeah i just like i i completely i mean agree about the comfort zone thing um and although obviously culturally things are very different here than in the uk and the u.s but I think that's it's the the language thing that's the most like scary thing. At least I think for me, it's a big hurdle. It's not for it's, sure. It's sort of you feel kind of embarrassed. Well, I do. I feel sort of embarrassed because mm-hmm. there are there are places I think that are um, that are quite good to meet. Um, for example, here to meet Chinese people, or for Chinese people to meet foreigners. Um, but they don't really, they're not really my cup of tea. Because of the language? Uh, or? well, my, the, the, what I was thinking about were these, like, Chinese corners. That, oh, okay. uh, well, <clears throat> they're, I guess they're there for foreigners to go and to, to learn Chinese. So, a large proportion of people going there are, a Chinese, a Chinese people. So you can obviously, like, you can meet them, but the whole point is to speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. Which is the part that I feel uncomfortable with. <laughs> so it's it's not it's just not for me. But I know a lot of people who've gotten a lot out of that, mm-hmm. and they they they've gone and like really improved their Chinese. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I've been to one or two. I've been to one or two of those, and there are people who are really confident and really want to like talk, and it doesn't matter if they make any mistakes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's in a bar, so you could just have a couple of drinks and then probably <laughs> you'll feel more comfortable mm-hmm. talking. Yeah, and I think it it takes a certain person to, like, have the patience to try to communicate with you slowly and clearly, yeah. especially in the beginning. And I found that, in general, Chinese people are not particularly good at this being, you know, like speaking very simply and slowly right um i found some that are Mm -hmm. like those those that understand they realize oh how much more i can i can understand if they if they don't use idioms or you know flower language or dialect or you know like I have people that I know, oh, I can communicate really well with this person because they're, like, dumbing down the Chinese to yeah. my level. Yeah. 
but a lot of people, the general population, they just don't seem to have the census for that. Mm -hmm. And that's, I don't know if that's necessarily any different in, I just remember when we, (laughs) we had a foreign exchange student (laughs) from Denmark when I was in high school, and when he first came, his English was pretty shaky, Mm. but I just remember my mom, she's going to hate me for saying this, like, she would just yell really loudly at him, (laughs) Christian, do you know what a counter is? (laughs) Hoping that the loudness of it would, um, would help him to yeah. understand. Yeah. I think that's quite a common thing, though. I, I, people do it at home, too, and, yeah. like, miss out words, like, uh, you want eat? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's like, if you miss out some words, then, pre- like, the, the other person has to understand now. Um, so yeah. you have to find those people who are willing to take the time to switch their language a little bit um in order to make it easier for you to digest yeah slow s- slowing down the la- the language is definitely helpful yeah and not just necessarily like speaking slowly but saying something and then waiting to see whether yeah. or not you've g- you've got it yeah, you know what yeah. i mean like so pause like pausing in between just to make sure like somebody who's empathetic enough Mm. who can gauge whether or not you're following because a lot of times I'll find that with my Chinese friends it's like okay I've got you know my my brain is still lagging a little bit behind so it's like okay I'm following you I'm following you I'm following you whoop I went off I I missed something you said there I didn't get it and now I'm trying to trying to think about that so I just missed what you said after that and it kind of just like puts you off the tracks so, I don't know, Rainy, how good your... Your English sounds pretty good. Yeah, it does. Um, but language might also be playing a factor. Especially, you know, like, in, in the UK, you also have so many different accents. Accents, yeah. And such strong accents and so much, um, just a lot of slang and, like, rhyming. Yeah. And there's a lot... Like, the language is really flowery, so it, it might that might be one of the things that's deterring you from making friends is really being able to understand clearly what's going on and also i find that uk humor is very like quick and witty and it's and can be quite dry at Mm -hmm. times so there may be a lot of times when those people are joking with you when you're not really catching it because the humor between the uk and china is like feel like opposite (laughs) Yeah, you can't say I'm joking yeah. every time you make a comment. Yeah, so I think it might be very difficult for you, like it would be for us, to decipher the humor. So that's another barrier, because, you know, friends are people who make you laugh, mm-hmm. right? So it's, when you take that part out of the equation, it's hard. Yeah. To... And also to talk about something you have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, I don't think I get, I get, I have interests, but I don't think I could talk to anyone about those things. Like if I wanted to talk about, um, say movies, for example, mm-hmm. for a start, I don't know much or anything about Chinese cinema. Right. Okay. I could talk about Western cinema, but I don't know how 
I, I don't know how to use the language to talk about them. I guess I could say, oh yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Yay. Or, um, or like, it, it was funny. I guess maybe I could say those simple things, but what is that it? I can make three sentences on, <laughs> on a, t a topic that I like and that's, that, that'll be it. Yeah, well, you definitely have to put effort into finding things within the culture that you are generally interested in. So if you are mm. interested in movies, but you haven't really spent a lot of time, like, looking for for Chinese films that interest you, then I think it's kind of, like, it's up to you. It's kind of your responsibility to, to find something yeah. there so that you do have so so that the chinese people you're talking to at least can relate yeah on some level to to some i mean of course a lot of chinese people um watch western films but um one way to help bridge that gap would be to actually make the effort to find things within the culture that you enjoy so, so that's one thing that you could do, Rainy. Like, I don't know if you watch any films or um, TV series in the UK, but you could find ones that you really enjoy and see if there are people out there who also enjoy them. And you can sh there's something to be said about common interests. Yes, yeah. I would say. I mean, if um, for Rainy, I guess t being able to talk about football would be a big one, or rugby, or some sport. Mm -hmm. to find a common ground with guys in the UK. Yeah. I think that would be a really big subject. Or, I mean, it depends on what kind of friends you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you were, if you're into, like, gaming, then talk, being able to talk about computer games would be a good, or, or comic book movies, or, you know, those things. I'm thinking about things that are, like, popular and tr not so much trendy, but that people like at home just as just as here i feel like uh you need to know a bit about what's popular here to talk about to talk with people like or even cultural things like to know a bit about um i'm trying to think what because <laughs> obviously i have no no knowledge of chinese culture uh like tea or something like that mm -hmm. just some sense just some understanding of the culture so you can speak to them about something, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point, learning. I mean, if you're interested in sports, getting into some of watching some of the sports. But be yeah. careful, because the fans are pretty diehard in the UK. Yeah, so if you're yeah, on an opposing it. team of one, then it may actually... Check out <laughs> what t-shirt they're wearing before you insult <laughs> their team. Because <laughs> you definitely won't make any friends. Mm. Yeah. It's hard. I think it's hard, especially because I I think did he mention he was in London? I think so. Yeah, most likely he's in a big city, and I think being in a big city anywhere in the world also makes it harder. Yeah. I think makes it harder to find friends because people are always just so busy and they've already got their own thing going on, and it's different than when you go to a small town and it's like, oh, you're the new person in town, and people are curious about mm. you and. I find that a much easier environment to to find those friends. Yeah, in London, I feel like you're just another body, basically. Mm. No one's really interested in you. Um, but I guess if Rainey's working there, then in the workplace would be a good place to like try and bridge 
bridge the gap between, you know, make friends with people he works with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that a lot of times um, the Chinese people that I've met here, they're really, really forward about making friends. Like, they literally say... Will you Can I? Friend? Yeah. Will you be my friend? Can yeah, I make a right. friend with you? And you've you've met them. You know, you just said hello to mm. them. You've talked to them for about five minutes. This really direct approach is very off-putting oh, for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <don't> do that. <laughs> when someone says, "Oh, can I? Can we be friends? Or can we make friend with you?" It's very strange thing. Yeah, it's a little bit like you think. You're gonna be asleep in bed, and they're gonna. You're gonna wake up, and they're gonna be in your bedroom. Like, Hi, friend. Hi, friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. It's there's something slightly off with it. Yeah. So sense. don't ask people if they want to be friends ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a very strange. Only children Ch- would do yeah. that. Small children would do that, and so that would be a very strange thing to do. Instead, you wanna try to engage in a conversation and just. Be aware of how the other person is reacting to you. I think that one thing... I guess we're talking more about how to make friends in the UK for a Chinese person, but I think it mm. shows the cultural differences between the two, is that um, I find that, generally speaking, Western people are a much easier read than Chinese people. Like, Chinese people, I feel like, are harder to... They, they yeah. don't show their emotions as much. And so... It's easier for you to to gauge, I think, what they're feeling or how interested they are in the conversation by body language and what they're saying because we tend to be more direct. So just use that information and if somebody doesn't seem like they're really that interested in a conversation, then give it a rest and try again later and don't try to like push, don't try to force anything because that's... That's not going to, like, create a real bond, I don't think. Yeah. I think something especially in the UK is we are not so fond of small talk. Mm. I mean, to create, like, a bond with someone, like, you can do that with your colleagues, like, oh, hi, you know, like, oh, weather's bad today. (laughs) You know, that kind of, like, meaningless chit-chat, like, but that's never going to form a friendship for Mm. us. I just I just think at home, like, we're not really that fussed on it. Yeah. I think you create those connections almost when, you, like, it's easier to create those connections almost when you're criticizing something. Like, if you're, <laughs> like, if someone comes up to you and makes, like, a really witty kind of critical comment about something that's happening around you it, and makes you laugh, it's kind of, like, that's, yeah. it's one way to, like, get, you know, oh. This person, this oh, this we're on, like we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, that's definitely good when you create in, like a friendship. I think because I find that humor is so important. Like, if somebody has a similar kind of, I find my humor, like my family's humor in general, is kind of weird and quirky. And so when when I feel that other people have that, that they're able to like laugh at themselves in this in a similar kind of way, or play with language in a similar kind of way that my family does, then I find this kind of a connection. Mm. It's It just happens much faster. I'm like, oh, this is my type of person. Mm-hmm. It just feels so- somehow feels closer. But again, that's really hard to do cross-culturally. Yeah. Really hard. I think one way, and this goes for both sides, that um, you can form friendships is by offering help. Mm-hmm. 
to people who need it for things that you're good at. So maybe one thing you can do is, so like it can go both ways. So if you're in China and you're trying to make friends, you can help Chinese people with their English. And then the reverse can be if you're in the UK and you're Chinese, you can look out for people who are interested in learning Chinese and offer to help them with their Chinese. And help helping people is a really, um, it's a good way to create that bond, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was thinking about, like, how I've made friends here. I guess I've, ne I've never really, like, sounds bad, I guess I've never really gone out of my way to make friends. <laughs> they've always just been, like, they've always just happened. And I think most of it is because of, uh, because of, like, routines and things. So I might have been somewhere every, you know, like... Every Saturday, I'm in the same place. I'm not saying I am, but for example, and mm -hmm. that's how I, I've probably forged the best friendships here. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're in the UK, um, so socially, like for example, if you go to the same pub on a Sunday or something, then you're you're more likely to meet people there. I think. Yeah, doing something routinely. I'm just thinking about things that people do routinely at home, like in the UK, for example. Because um, I feel as though, or at the gym or somewhere like that, mm -hmm. where you might just, you bump into someone like time and time again, and that's how you get chatting. Like, I, I don't know, I feel like most often it's the best friendships just come naturally. Yeah, or like following a local band. Like if you, you were just gonna say, just like following someone, just like just, <laughs> just stop following them. them just all. <laughs> yes. <sighs> um, yeah. No. Like if you find a local <laughs> band that you enjoy listening yeah. to, and then you know, like going, if you really genuinely enjoy them, going just following their tour, like as they tour around town, if they go to play at local pubs, you know, you can go. You, you mm. might start to see the same people there who sh share that interest with you, and music is a is a good way to bond with people. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think so. Um, I also think just events in general can be a good way to find people who share mutual interests with you. So if there are, I mean, I'm sure if you're living in a big city, there are plenty of opportunities to participate in. In events um, and that goes for here in China as well there's a lot of these meetups mm. you know that have you know it's a if you're interested in digital marketing or if you're interested in yoga or if you're interested you know like you just choose an interest and you find these groups and you start meeting up with them it's also a much more natural way to form a friendship than just like walking up to somebody on the street and saying hi can we be friends <laughs> yeah so that's another thing. Mm, yeah, along those lines, I, I, um, I, when I was at university, I, um, I was a volunteer, and I oh, met yeah. a lot of fr people and made friends with people from all over the world. Yeah, um, volunteering is a good yeah, way, including like China, there were lots of Chinese girls who did that, and I, I think they probably did it basically for the same reason, like to make friends, mm -hmm. because. Um, I found that most of the Chinese uh, students did were they were mostly together, 
but there were a few like there were a group in our like um that volunteered that you know I guess they wanted to get out more and obviously practice their English too I suppose um, but yeah I would I mean I think volunteering is a is a great way to meet new people and oh, make yeah. new friends because at least you've got like a shared you know like you obviously have you obviously feel the same way about some I don't know whatever it is you want to volunteer for <laughs> I guess mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, and classes too. Um, that's one of the ways that that's been my plan. Also, is um, I wanted to find a class that was in Chinese that was for Chinese people, and I just joined it because a lot of it took me a long time actually to find one. And ironically, I'm not attending it right now. But um, <laughs> got some other things on my plate. But um. Basically, what I did was I scoured the city for an art class for adults. It was it was not easy to find, um, but I was able to find one that wasn't because every time I would ask my Chinese friends like, "Do you know? Can you help me find an art class?" They always thought that I meant one in English, mm-hmm. and so it was really hard for me to like explain. No, I just I want to find an art class that's for normal like Chinese people and I just want to join it I want to be the only foreigner so that I'm forced to use my Chinese and finally I did and it was actually the the couple times that I went it was really great because it was um it wasn't as intense as having a one-on-one conversation with Mm. somebody because that you know you're you you're it's really exhausting when you're learning a new language to to be so engaged for a long period of time because your brain at some point just becomes really full and you're trying to remember all the new words that were just thrown at you and trying to keep up with everything. But with having a class, it was like the teacher would instruct you to do something and then would show you that thing so you really did understand what they were saying and then everybody would do it together and just make, you know, you'd have some light chatting between the students but for the most part, you're focusing on what you're doing. So for me, that was a really great environment to get comfortable with the people in the class mm. um, by sharing a mutual interest and one that wasn't so heavily... Because like, when you're doing something like that, you're, you're expressing a part of yourself without actually using the language. So they can see part of my personality through the art. And so it was kind of a a neat way to to start forming connections with people um, that wasn't quite as intense as um, doing a one-on-one mm. conversation with somebody. So I really encourage you to take and this. It's better if it's something outside of your if you if you're going to university if you already have your classes. I'm talking about something that's extracurricular, so something that you legitimately enjoy doing music, art, poetry, who knows, something, or something like skateboarding, you know, just, just get, just find some kind of instructional class where you can join and be a student, and, um, I think it will help you to meet other, and that'll also give you an opportunity to help people, too, like, if you're, if you're good at something within the class that, um, you see someone struggling with it's kind of gives you an opportunity to to share some tips and um to make connections by helping people that way 
Sounds good. Yeah. I like that. I like the uh, the idea of it not, like, it taking the pressure off, like, not having a one-to-one conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I got to a point in my Chinese where I didn't want to do any more Chinese classes, because mm-hmm. basically it was just a vocabulary dump. Like, it was, okay, there's plenty of words and idioms that I could study in Chinese, but... I don't want to, I don't need the teacher to just like dump a bunch of vocabulary on me. I've got the foundation down. And so what I need is practical scenario where I'm actually using it to express myself. Yeah. So that was a really, that, that was a good transition between like going full on into, you know, complete Chinese immersion, immersion when, and it really did help my Chinese yeah. even for the few times. And I, I mean, I'm meaning to go back to to do that if I can find somewhere closer to where I live now Mm. but it was it was cool and um they were really except what was really nice about it was I was surprised I was pleasantly surprised how little they seemed to care that I was a foreigner which was great like they're they're not they're not the normal kind of like person you might meet in a bar or on the street who wants to take your picture i think mm-hmm. i guess they have different priorities which is probably quite refreshing actually yeah it was really nice i felt very i just kind of blended in which is something that really does not happen often in china and everyone was just sitting around and the environment was really quiet and there's this light chit chat and the instructor was really good and everything that i didn't understand through words i could see visually mm. so it was it was a really good environment. I think another way um, to make friends, and again, this is not something that's specific to China or the UK, but is to just ask questions. People generally really like talking about themselves. <laughs> they really mm. do. Like, if you have somebody in your life who you feel like is just a really great conversationalist, pay attention next time and see how much they're actually talking and how much they're actually prompting you to talk. Mm -hmm. Because I think people really, really enjoy the opportunity to talk about themselves and to be listened to. So that's just like a general friend-making tip, I think, is just to try to engage, try to figure out, like, you can even make it into a game. Like, try and figure (laughs) out... Something, you know, like, try and figure out, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and figure out what, like, what the one thing that this person is most passionate about, one thing that they hate, and, like, give yourself a couple points that you want to try and draw out of these people and see if you can do it. I know, it does. It does, and it's a very artificial strategy, but actually I think you'll find that doing that can create really amazing results like sometimes having some kind of a goal as artificial as it sounds really does help to facilitate that conversation in the beginning because we're talking about in the beginning it's hard Mm -hmm. and it like you do have to kind of like force yourself a bit if you're struggling if you haven't had much success well then it's going to take a little bit of effort and a little bit of strategy to try and bridge that yeah and some people just um like socially awkward and making friends is difficult to begin with never mind being a foreigner in a different country you know like oops i'm sorry Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, so... Yeah, okay, I'll... I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Rainy should try your punch. Rainy. I know Rainy it sounds crazy, it. but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like when... Okay, so I really... Um, I know I should do more networking, but I really hate that word a lot. It's a dirty word to me, and I find it really obnoxious when people say, oh, it's a networking event, and I'm like rolling my eyes big time. So what you just need to do is call it strategic questioning. Yes. That's how I think about it now. When I go into it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure out what does this person do, what are they passionate about, and how I can help them. Mm-hmm. And, like, those are my, those those are the, the questions that I arm myself with when I go into those situations because I'm naturally not a person who enjoys meeting new people, in quotation marks. Like, I, I'm just not. I don't like it. So if I give myself a little goal and you know, a lot of the times I don't even use it. I do end up naturally conversing with people without this <laughs> this goal. Yes, yeah. But just having that as kind of a backup plan for me, it makes the situation a lot less uneasy. And um, I, f- I feel, I don't know, I feel more confident when I'm doing something like that as opposed to just going in with no, you know, like nothing. And feeling really weird yeah i i just i try and like rack my brains like how do why like i've met this person do they know anyone else in the room like why are they there <laughs> i i'm i'm really bad at, com- at conversation to be honest especially meeting new people if it's the second time i've met someone it's way easier like even if we only talked a little bit i can try and remember what did we talk about the first time like what was the where were we like yeah, yeah. in the beginning, you have to ask those get-to-know-you questions, which are really yeah. cheesy. It's like, so, what do you do? And, you know, yeah. where are you from? And all this, these questions that are just so generic. Yeah. But you have to start somewhere. So you're not going to walk up to someone and be like, oh, was your grandmother, like, did she come from Norway? And was she ever, you know, like, how do you, how else do you start the conversation with, yeah. Then with like these basic get to know you questions. Yeah, it's true. I guess when I look back, I don't think I. I, I suppose I can't really remember the, a normal introduction. Like, how did someone not come across like a creep? Because <laughs> I guess they did. Otherwise, I wouldn't know anyone or have any friends. Um, but you know, I guess there's a balance of like how to come off as like semi-normal or just like an oddball. Yeah. <laughs> and I think asking questions of, okay. of people about themselves is a way to do that. I think I'm just a bit, I'm just more cautious. I don't I cautious isn't the word. I just don't really do sociable very well. <laughs> so I'm not probably not the best person to answer Rainy's question. But Nora's done a very good job. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm also not the most so yeah, I'm also similar to Holly where it's like I'm happy with the circle of friends that I have. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not like really actively seeking oh. out new relationships. So that that doesn't make me a very um good case study. Yeah. But I just think like how did I make friends when I was younger? Like how did I make friends when I came to China? Because that happened, mm. but I just don't, I almost like can't even remember how it happened. Yeah. Well, a lot of it I think happens through just like work stuff. and just yeah. like you get talking, but how? <laughs> what did I talk about? 
Actually, though, maybe for Rainey's, in Rainey's case, like, as with ours, like, we haven't just met fellow British people and, uh, you know, other Americans. Like, we've met people from all over the world, and maybe you could take advantage of that. Like, and, to- like, use your, where you're from as, like, a way to introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know, like, I feel like that's probably how a lot of us here kind of made friends and got to know each other. Yeah. I agree. And here I think also it's easier um, because you've got all all these WeChat groups. Mm. So with the WeChat groups, you can find a really specific niche, um, which makes it easier to weed out people, I guess based on a certain interest. So for those of you who are here in China who are struggling to make friends, you can try to get more involved with um, these groups because they're usually relatively small, like mm-hmm. 100 people or less, which isn't tiny, but... Um, and then they're usually based around a shared interest. So you can start... You could start with that. Like a lot of... Um, my Chinese friends, they have, you know, they, they get involved with local, like, hiking groups. So once a week they'll, or once a month they'll go for a hike mm-hmm. together or photography groups. Mm-hmm. So once a month they'll have an outing together based around taking photos. And anybody can really join. So those kind of things make it make it easier to, to connect with people uh, based off of a shared interest. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, so, I mean, obviously we've got WeChat, but is there an equivalent to the, I mean, I guess Facebook has groups and things, but I almost feel like you're never ever going to meet those people, not in real life. Mm, I think those meetups, like if you've ever used Meetup, um, Mm. that's a software that, it's like a locally based software that connects people of certain interests. Mm. You can like join, usually you join using different interests and then they serve you events and then you can like go oh that's cool attend those events so they have it they have it for here but a lot of them are in hong kong not a whole lot in shenzhen but in hong kong there's a ton of them nice and they get very specific you know it's like knitters yeah (laughs) knitters who also like cats you know like really specific um who also smoke pipes yes (laughs) You can find your soulmate. I like it. <laughs> so that's a that's yeah. Technology is a great way to be to connect with mm. with people. So you can try try a few of that, a few of those mm. those tips. Did you have any other advice for Mister Rainy Woods? Um, no, I don't think so. I'll probably think of some things after we stop recording. Yeah, but I'll share those on Facebook on our two I chicks page. You might ask your Chinese friends as well how they've m- made foreign friends. Because it sounds like you're involved with the Chinese circles, but you're trying to break out of the Chinese circles. But you might ask your Chinese friends whether or not they have foreign friends and how they found mm-hmm. them. And maybe you could start hanging out with them. Um, and that also goes for here. If you have expat friends in China who 
have really done a good job with integrating themselves with Chinese culture, you could also just piggyback off of them and see what they did and maybe join in on a few events and see if that helps to yeah. facilitate those but friendships. Maybe if you have like a really uber confident friend in your group, you get the friend to do the connecting and then you like tag along like piggyback like yeah. you just said. Yeah. And then you can go to an event together. You're not by yourself, but then you you didn't just turn up randomly like hi. <laughs> so yeah, that's another way. Yeah, because some people are just naturally super sociable. Yeah. So if you can find those people who you're already connected with, and just kind of grab on, and you know, if they don't mind, usually they don't mind. So mm -hmm. if you you just start hanging around more with them than with people who tend to stay in their own small little circle yeah. that'll probably help and chances are if you go to the event there'll be someone exactly like you who went who was also tagging along with an <laughs> uber confident friend and then you two can just like meet and be like hi i'm rainy hi i'm cloudy and then you can just like make <laughs> awesome friends so <laughs> that's my tip <laughs> I hope that was helpful. I know there's a little bit of rambling in there, but um, I hope that's helpful. And if any of you out there are listening um, and you have some better advice, please let us know. Because <laughs> I'm sure that there are other strategies and ways to do this. Um, Holly and I are not experts I when know. it comes to this. Us and our five friends. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got six now. We got one more. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> Thanks so much for sending in your question, Rainy. And mm. um, today's word is pangyo because it's got to be oh, pangyo. Awesome. So pangyo means friend, and it's I think it's a it's a good word to learn um, because it's easy to recognize it when people are speaking Chinese. Mm. Pangyo, pangyo. Yeah, they say it often, don't they? Yeah, and they'll call you like waiguo pangyo, mm. so foreign friend. Yeah. Um, instead of just saying foreigner a lot of the time, or xiao pangyo yeah. is yeah. is is. What they use to say child, usually. Little friend, they'll call them. So, pangyo is a good one, I think, to learn. Even if you're not learning Chinese seriously, it's an easy one to pick up, I think. Yeah. Nice. So, Holly, I'll stick those links in there. I will, yeah. If you want to download the Two White Chicks in China ebook on how to make friends, <laughs> <laughs> go to uh, writtenchinese.com slash episode 63, <laughs> <laughs> as well as... Uh, all, all the links to things we've mentioned, and I'll put the trailer to uh, Mountains Made Apart, so so you can check that out too. As cool. well as the links, obviously, to Friend in Chinese. Indeed. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you download the free Written Chinese Dictionary app, which we've been working hard on in recent days mm -hmm. and which is due for a very big beautiful new update so keep your eyes peeled check it out if you're learning chinese and there's a uh, and there's a coupon code if you're a two white chicks in china listener oh yeah yeah free flashcards free flashcard set so check that out as well indeed two white chicks coupon code mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so if you log in to your because everything syncs online and actually mm -hmm. you can look at your flashcards online now not just in the app um, and everything's all synced up nice so and tight. Cool. It's super cool. So if you log in online and then you um, you use the coupon code Two White Chicks. That's T W O White Chicks, all one word. Then you'll get your you'll unlock your free set of flashcards. Yeah. And the instructions are on the writtenchinese.com/episode sixty three page. In fact, any of the episode pages. Nice. Yep. All right, guys. All right. Enjoy. Bye. Bye.